0: Amen. Give it up. Thank you, fam. We've been singing some songs. Greater things are yet to be done in this city. And it's awesome that we're in a place where we can watch and see what God is doing. So there, there's a, a really cool aspect to that. To be, for those of us who have accepted Christ, we're part of this family. But it also means responsibility. What is God's instrument for reaching this city, this valley, this world. It's us. So may we, as we talk this morning, as we look into God's word, may we understand that this, uh, this gathering, though you know, we're sitting in comfortable chairs, it's nice to come together and sing good music so we can focus on God. But we go out of here as ministers of the gospel, as his ambassadors, as his plan to reach this city and to reach this valley and to reach this world. So as we sing, there is no one like you, God, and greater things are to be done. This is to be accomplished with God working in and through us. So may the, the words of uh, Paul to the Romans this morning communicate that to all of us, that we are to, to live out that gospel. As a matter of fact, almost 60 years ago, we're a few months shy of the 60-year anniversary where five missionaries were killed in the jungles of Ecuador. It was written about in the book, Through Gates of Splendor, uh, written by Elizabeth Elliot. And as a matter of fact, just a couple weeks ago, Elizabeth Elliot passed away. She was up, I I believe, in her 90s. But you have these, these five young men... Their families stayed back at their, uh, where, where they were living and they ventured further into the jungles of Ecuador because they wanted to share the gospel and they got in touch through aircraft with this group that they referred to as Aka, but that really simply means savage in the language of the nearby tribes. But they wanted to go in and share the gospel. Uh, I shared last week that I was a, a jungle pilot in the island of New Guinea for five years and it took a pilot to take them back in there. They landed on a sandbar and the five men got to meet these Aka Indians and they were savage and brutal, savagely and brutally killed. It was also in the movie End of the Spear which came out about five years ago. So we look at this, this tragedy, Lives Lost, and it wouldn't have been better for those kids, the, the widows, the, the children to have dads and families. What prompted these men and, and families just to move to Ecuador in the first place and then to go out into this difficult area? It, it's, it's Jesus. The answer is Jesus. I, I, don't, I still don't completely grasp this gospel story of God Sending his son. Of Jesus coming down. We think it's tough to go move into a jungle village. And all that we'd be giving up. What was it like for Jesus to leave heaven. And come and live in the dirt. And the sin. And the brokenness of this world. And to be tempted in ways that we are tempted. And to be sinless. And then. And in another way that I can't understand. He willingly took the punishment. That I deserved that you deserved on himself. And he chose to die. And he rose again. And as he left, he said, go and make disciples of all nations. It's up to you all. And and that's our role. That's why we're here. That's why Jesus hasn't come back yet. So that the gospel can go out into other areas. And this Elizabeth Elliot, whose husband was one of the five that was killed, she wrote about Through Gates of Splendor. She and her family stayed. They stayed on and reached another tribe. And then they were finally to go, able to go in and reach these Akka with the gospel. And now we have the gospel known throughout that area. Church is there because people understood their role. People understood the importance of this message going out. As a matter of fact, before she died, Elizabeth Elliot, if you haven't read Through Gates of Splendor or any of her books... Read those powerful stuff on what it means to be a Christian, what it means to have this passion to go tell this incredible story to others. She had a quote She said, I have but one desire to live with reckless abandon for my Lord. I want that for me, I want that for all of us. As a matter of fact, that, that sounds like wild, that sounds like way out there. I live with reckless abandon. But actually, that's what it means to follow Jesus. It means to die to ourselves, our comfort, our own goals and dreams. And to tell everyone this awesome story about Jesus coming for us, rescuing us from our rebellion and reestablishing that relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So I pray today that, that uh, we'll leave this, this place and go out with reckless abandon. That's how Elizabeth Elliot lived. And I think that's how Paul lived. We're going to be looking at Romans 15 verses 14 through 24. If you want to look it up in your Bibles, I'll have it up here on the screen. But I believe Paul lived with reckless abandon. And I believe this passage really inspired those five families to go into Ecuador to tell this gospel story that needed to be told. Now, in this story, in this letter to the Romans, Paul has just finished three missionary journeys. He went out and talked to areas that didn't have the gospel. As I'll share later, it wasn't easy. But he pressed forward because they've got to hear, and somebody's got to tell them, and why not me? He had this great mindset to press forward. He's been to many places, he's leaving Greece now for Jerusalem. And he wants this Roman church to be behind him as he goes out to other places. So we're going to be walking verse by verse as we look at this Spain or bust as Paul is seeking to go out to the the regions beyond, to the unreached. Why is he doing this? Because the gospel compelled him to go. And I will argue the gospel should compel, compel all of us. He wanted to go where it's not named. Last week we talked about what's it going to take? What's it going to take to reach the ends of the earth earth with the gospel? That there are still people groups of 500,000 or a million who have never heard the name of Jesus Christ. And if they have the understanding of the gospel story is completely unknown. The Bible isn't in their language where it's not named, if there are places, or since there are places where it's not named, that should break our hearts. People created in the image of God that do not know their purpose, their reason for being here, because they do not know that God. Well, Paul is going out, reaching uh, these areas as we uh, walk verse by verse through this passage. Well, the first passage is uh, Romans 15:14 through 15. Train all believers to grow. Now we're going to read through this passage. And you know what, Kevin? It doesn't tell us this command to train all believers. No, but that's what Paul is saying is the role of the church and his other writings. And here he's talking about how he has trained this church or he's training him through his writing. And others have gone in there. He says here in uh, chapter 15, verse 14, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness Filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. But on some points, I have written to you very boldly by way of reminder because of the grace given to me by God. Now, as we walk verse by verse, we have 11 verses, and some of you are going to want to walk through each word and and thought, and I'm probably going to frustrate you. I'm, I'm a bigger picture guy. I want to look at what's going on, what has been going in Paul's mind as he's been writing, what he's saying to these Romans, what it means for us. And uh, so don't try to fill in all the little gaps. If you have questions, you can send me an email. Go on the church website. I'm Kevin Kane and uh, we can follow up there. But I, I want to take a glimpse at Paul's head and his heart and what's going on. In this passage here, he talks about some of those things. What what I find really interesting is we've walked through chapters 13, 12, 13, and 14 of Romans. And for those of us who who were here when we did that, Paul is, is pretty strong. He's saying, you guys are goofing up. Learn to love one another. Bear each other's sins. How do we treat the weaker brothers? Live out this gospel. He's been saying it quite boldly. But now he's writing... I'm satisfied about you. What's he saying? Well, I I think he's saying, you know, God's done a work in you all. You guys have moved forward. You have a ways to go. You're not completely there. But you have what you need. Now, look into what he's going to say here. You all need to be growing. And he touches on three areas here. He says, you're, you're full of goodness. Well, I think he's really talking about their character, how they're living out the gospel, imperfectly as it may be, but uh, they're getting their heart right with God, filled with all knowledge. Well, that's really curious, because Rome is this church of Gentiles and Jewish believers coming together, they don't have the New Testament. But they have the Old Testament and they have some of, likely some of Paul's letters have made their way there. So they've been growing in knowledge. And he says, okay, you don't have all knowledge. You don't have everything you need, but you you know God. You have that relationship. You understand the purpose of the law to point us to God. And now we have Jesus who develops and connects that relationship And he also says, you're full of goodness, you're full of knowledge and able to instruct one another. You've got what it takes to disciple a younger believer, to encourage somebody else, to challenge them. This really connects with what Paul says in other letters. He often talks about something that I have kind of stolen. When I'm discipling, mentoring, helping somebody along in the Christian life, I look at three specific areas. I look at their knowledge. What do they know? Do they have problems with their theology? Do they understand what scripture says about this relationship with God? Are there there pieces of their knowledge that's missing? And they usually just find that out by asking questions. And then there's also the heart. What's going on with their character? I've discipled pastors and people involved in ministry. And and every one of us wrestles with sin. Every one of us has things in our life that we don't like. So what's it like to wrestle in those areas? So we wrestle and learn with our head, the, the knowledge part, our, our heart, our character. And then also our hands. We've got this head, heart, and hands. What does it mean to in- instruct others? What does it mean to care for a disabled child and are uniquely His? program here at olive branch well we have ways to do this training and he's encouraging every believer to grow and he mentions these three areas he also mentions it in colossians 1 9 through 10 and this is just basic discipleship and see if you can pick up on the the head heart and hands aspect is he Colossians 1 9 through 10 that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So he's got this knowledge, know Him, be filled with all spiritual understanding, walk, live in a manner worthy of the gospel. It's talking about character in your heart and then go out and bear fruit. So I think for all of us, we need to be wrestling with where do I need to grow in my knowledge? What pieces am I missing? And some of us, we, we know with this heart, we have this relationship with God through Jesus Christ. There's still things we need to know. And as we know and understand who God is, you know what? I think we can only really understand God just a little bit because we're so finite and He's so great. But we can grow in what we understand. And as we grow in knowledge. We should fall more in love with him. And understand what it means to have that relationship with him. And to, to live out this gospel in a manner pleasing to him. And then we shall be working on our, our hands. Can I disciple someone? Can I care? Can I encourage? Again just care for a disabled child. Or sharing with my neighbor about this great gospel. Maybe I need help in that. Olive branch offers training in those areas. Olive Branch has people that are willing to meet with you to help you in these areas. So if you're, wherever you're struggling with your head, your heart, and your hands, talk to somebody. Even get in a small group and grow together because we are all to grow. Now once again, Paul is telling them that when I read this book, I really don't think they're ready to go out as ambassadors of Jesus Christ. He says, but I'm, I'm satisfied with you. I used to teach flying. I'm a flight instructor, commercial pilot. And as you teach them, you know, early on you realize how little they know about flying. And there's so much involved. Even when they go for their FAA test after 40 or 50 hours of flying, they're still really not a safe pilot. And it's scary to sign their logbook, and then the FAA checks them out. And the FAA knows they're not great pilots yet, but they have the tools to learn. What's really freaky is after about 10 or 12 hours of teaching flying, people barely know how to land the plane and work things, and they're learning. And I'm over on my side, and I have dual controls. I can override anything they do. After about 10 hours, I teach them how to turn and how to land the plane and take off. They're not very good. Do you know what you do as a flight instructor? You have them pull over to the side after landing and you get out. You say, now it's your turn. Go up and take three takeoffs and landings. And you know what they say and know what they should say? I'm not ready. And all I can do is say, yes, you are. I think you can do this. And you know, I don't know how many people I taught, but I never had anybody crash an airplane. And some people, it was 15 hours before I got out and let them do these takeoffs and landings. But I demonstrated to them that they, they had what it took. All those first 15 hours, I was sitting next to them. I was there to override anything they did. By pushing them out, I didn't push them out of the plane. By me getting out of the plane and pushing them to do that, their confidence grew. They realized they could do it. Their, their knowledge and their ability to grow as a pilot skyrockets after you have them do their first solo flight. You have this little celebration. But it's really cool to see. I wonder if that's what Paul's doing here. He's written some strong things to them. It's kind of growing these areas. But you know what? I'm satisfied with where you are. You have enough knowledge, you have that that character, that goodness, and you've got what it takes to instruct one another. So quit saying, Oh, I need more, or I don't have this, or I'm not perfect in this area. Paul's encouraging to get out and do it. And you know, for us here, again, all of us struggle, we're imperfect, we we don't know everything, God's word. There, there's so much in there. Grow. Put yourself in a situation that stretches you and and learning. Put yourself in a situation where you're you're sharing with somebody else about your struggles so they can pray with you and hold you accountable. And and step out in ministry because we're in a hurting world that's broken. And each of us can play a role in, in helping out. Paul's saying, come on, join me. And we all need to be involved. And When I talk a lot of times, and even as I was growing as a Christian, it was so easy to look at Christianity as this task list. Okay, I'll do this, and then I'll step, and I'll minister here, and then I'll read this book. And be reminded that this is about a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. He said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. So we need to fall in love with him and learn what's it going to take to reach the world and what's going to take to reach the city and step out as his disciples, as his ambassadors. We're all to be involved in being trained in in growing and growing in our head and growing in the, the heart attitude and character and growing in our hands and how to serve others. Well, next, Paul, I think he's really telling us to prepare all believers to go. And when I say this, I can't see all your faces, but normally when I'm talking about people and discipling them and telling them they need to be prepared to go, they turn into cats. Now, for those of you who are last, here last week, I told a story that was kind of demeaning to cat owners. But I kind of shared this story that, you know, as a, if you have a dog and you love a dog and you care for it and you give it all these gifts, the dog looks at you as master, as God. And if you have a cat, you love the cat and you give it all these good gifts, the cat says, I must be master, I must be God. So it's all about the cat. And I said, you know, in, in the Christian life, we need to be dogs, we need to be all about our master. And I think Paul really has that. And then as I talk to people, well, we need to all be prepared to go. I, I hear these cats saying, but that, I, I can't. Be, I, I have a butt here and a butt there. And I, I don't know. It doesn't sound. And I'm not ready. And I don't have what I need to know, know. And in my character, I'm really wrestling. And I certainly don't know how to go. And Well, we talked last week. And it said, God, we talked about that one piece that said, God is more interested in our availability than in our ability. And we'll see that in this next passage as well. Paul's continuing his thought in verse 16 saying, To be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In Christ Jesus then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me. To bring the Gentiles to obedience. By word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God. So that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Elicricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. So here this next piece he's saying... I'm satisfied with where you are. Grow and be ready to go. He doesn't say that here. Kevin, you're pushing this. It doesn't really say that. This is what's coming out of Paul's uh, writings. This is what's coming out of his living out the gospel. He's talking about what he has done. And because he has done that, he's traveled all around. This is what needs to be done to make his name known where it's not known, he ta- starts off saying, "Paul is a minister of God." In First Peter two nine, says that we're all a priesthood of believers. We all have that role. Those of us who have given our lives to Jesus Christ are indwelled by the Holy Spirit, and we are His ambassadors. We are a group of ministers. We leave these doors at the end of this sermon, ready to go out and minister this gospel, this great story that has to be told to the ends of the earth. And it really comes down to something we also talked about last week was this mindset. The mindset of people like Elizabeth Elliot, who for 90 plus years served our God, many of those years in a tribal village and living for our Lord with reckless abandon. And, you know, I think Paul here has demonstrated his life in living with reckless abandon. We talked about Acts 5 last week where the disciples were flogged for talking about Jesus. And they were told, don't talk about Jesus anymore. And they went out praising God that they were worthy to suffer shame for his name. And they had to still be hurting. You know what that next verse said? And they went out telling people about Jesus Christ. There's a mindset here. Paul's got this mindset where he's a minister of the gospel to go and reach the Gentiles and that they, Gentiles who didn't understand this this Jewish message of this great creator God who had established these rules to point people to him, that there was this Messiah that was going to come. So those Jews who did understand Jesus of Messiah as Messiah were now these Jewish believers and Gentiles were hearing this story and and coming in and Paul saying, I really want to focus on the Gentiles. They have such a difficult time understanding this message. That is my role to go out and share. And he did and it wasn't easy. Now, there's a troublesome piece in this passage. He talks about boasting or, or having this pride, a uh, pride for my own work. Uh, verse 17, I have a reason to be proud. Well, what's he really talking about? In 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10, the, verse 9, I think a lot of you have been Christians for a while. The verse will be familiar. But he's talking about this, this thorn in his flesh. And we don't know if that's something physical. And it may be as we look at the physical difficulties he went through. It could have been something spiritual. But he asked God to remove it. And God didn't. And Paul is not a cat saying, well, if you're not going to fix me, God, I'm not going to do anything. It's all about me. I'm mad at you, God. Now, he says here, he says, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, this thorn in the flesh that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. We live in a broken world. We have this brokenness about each one of us. God said, my power can be known, can be seen perfect in you weaker vessels. So Paul says, and continuing verse 9, he says, therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. I will boast in my weaknesses. So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ then I am content with weaknesses. I am content with insults. I am content with hardships, persecutions and calamities. For when I am weak he is strong. It's all about God. As we talk about believers being prepared to go, we may not know what we need. We may not have our heart and our character just right. We're working on that. We may not be able to, to do things right. This is an attitude of stepping out and saying, it's not about my weakness. May my weakness point people to Jesus Christ. This is really good dog theology. He wasn't whining about these things. He was pointing people to Jesus all believers need to be growing and there's opportunities to do that. All of us need to be prepared to go. And if we can't go, we need to serve God right where we are. You know what? At this church, we talk about missionaries, people leaving the church and going and into another culture and crossing cultural and linguistic barriers to, to share the gospel. We all can't all be missionaries, but we are all ambassadors right here. And we believe that future missionaries from Olive Branch are not yet believers in Corona and the Temesco Valley. Do you all need to be prepared to go? You need to be prepared to go out, live recklessly for Jesus Christ and share this great message with people around us out of our weakness because wouldn't it be cool to be a part of seeing somebody come to Lord Who's then disciples and train, they go out and they do awesome things for God, and we are all part of that adventure. So be prepared to go. A look at the World War II mentality this nation had. The whole nation was ready to go, and we needed foot soldiers, and people even lied so they could change their age, so they could get out there because they wanted our nation to succeed. And the rest of those who weren't able bodied had to stay, stay back. Everybody got engaged. That's what we're talking about growing and going. We need to be engaged through prayer, through giving, and through our own ministries in our workplace, in our neighborhood, pointing people to Jesus Christ. Finally, the next part we need to keep all believers focused. Again, is Paul saying the word focused in this passage? No, what is he doing? He's sharing his strategic steps. He's already been from Jerusalem to Illyricum. And now he's looking to go on and encouraging us to stay focused in the process. Because he says, I've been all around these places, three missionary journeys. And thus, I make it my ambition to preach the gospel. Not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, and here he's quoting Isaiah 52. Those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. This is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. But now, since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come to you, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain, and to be helped on my journey there by you once I've enjoyed your company for a while. Paul wants to go on to Spain. He's been around. There's churches planted. They don't have the New Testament yet, but there's trained leaders. They're still struggling. Read 1 Corinthians and see this church that Paul planted. Still wrestling with deep, horrible stuff that even non-Christians didn't deal with. But he's saying, hey, this work is done. There's people in Spain who have never heard. Listen to this strategy. We go out and plant churches. And hopefully those churches grow and spread. And let's keep going as mature believers. Let's keep going where the gospel isn't known. And he's headed to Spain. Now, this wasn't a a cakewalk for Paul. He knew it was going to be tough. Because we follow his other journeys. I'm going to quickly rip through his first missionary journey. Acts 13.50, 50 went into a town, persecution. They drove him out. Next town, Acts 14.5, they attempted to stone him. I don't know what attempted mean. I don't know if he took a couple rocks or what happened. But the next, verse, the next village, Acts 14.19, they stoned Paul. And he was thought to be dead. And now he wants to go out to Spain, but even after that, he went to the next, uh, Acts 16, on the next trip, uh, ministry, uh, missionary journey. It said they beat him with rods. As a matter of fact, he recollects all this in 2 Corinthians 11, 24 through 28, and he talks about, look what I've, what's gone through my life. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews 40 lashes less one. You know, I can read that. If I watched it graphically on the screen, we'd all be weeping. We'd all have to turn away. For the sake of the gospel, five times he received 40 lashes. Last one, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. I was shipwrecked. I've lived in toil and hardship, many sleepless nights, hunger and thirst, often without food. And now he wants to go to Spain. Spain. Because they need to hear this wonderful story of Jesus Christ. He's been hindered because he's been sharing. Talked about, I've often been hindered from coming to you. I sh- We've been talking about that this gospel going out. Some of our songs talk about the power of God's word. I remember talking to this village leader, Kure, in our village who had given his life to Christ. And he talked about, all we knew was the spirit world. And we were so afraid. We were making sacrifices, sometimes living, living human sacrifices. In our village, we had people who had eaten people, cannibals, because they were afraid of the spirits. And that's how they felt they got more spirit power. And when this great story of Jesus came in, it answered so many questions. And it's cool to see Kure and others pressing forward with the gospel. Paul is going to this unreached area. We use that term today for those areas or those people groups that are less than 2% evangelical Christian. Where the gospel needs to go, sometimes it's 0%. Often when we talk about unreached, it's people groups of 500,000 or a million that don't have the Bible in their language, that have no church and no or very few believers, We've got to press forward. We've got to stay focused on this task that we as a church haven't fulfilled. We need to move forward. We need to keep that out there. We need to be growing. We need to be pressed forward and going where we are and keep focused on this task. Well, how how do we do that? Well, we can pray. There's books like Operation World. And this is a smaller resource called Pray for the World. It's got like one page or two pages on most of the countries of the world you could read through this as you eat your your meal and and pray with your family we also up back in the foyer have something called a prayer wall you know in jerusalem there's this prayer wall and they have their prayer requests and they insert them on pieces of paper and put them in the wall well you in the back of the seats in front of you have little orange pieces of paper Pull one out, write a prayer request, pray for your neighbor to know the gospel because not only does he need Jesus, they may be future missionaries to unreached people groups. Or you might have an issue in your life, you can put your name on it or you can leave it blank. But write out a prayer request, insert it in one of those little squares on that screen. And while you're there, grab another one from this morning and pray for somebody who's struggling as we lift up these things before the Lord. As we realize that apart from the Holy Spirit living in us and apart from Him leading us, we can do nothing. Find somebody who can help you as you learn to wrestle with where you need to grow in knowledge with your head or where you need to grow as you deal with sin and character in your heart. And if you need help in doing ministry, how you get your hands serving God, because that's our role As followers of Christ, that's how we live this life out with reckless abandon. We have a new ministry starting because there are some unreached people groups coming here. And we have a ministry to international students. I don't have a sign up. See me. But I want us to be just opening up our homes and hearts to people who are coming in around us. We firmly believe that future missionaries to the unreached. Are not yet believers. We all have a role. As we grow. As we go. And as we stay focused. I'd like you all. I, I was going to have you walk through this challenge. This statement. As we commit our lives to Christ. And then I saw the last song. Now it's got a cool melody. And it's easy to sway to the music. And do all that. The words are powerful. As a matter of fact, I don't expect anybody in here to completely live up to it. But I want your heart to say, this is where I want to go. I want to do this. So may you sing that final song as yet another commitment to our Lord to keep on growing. Don't grow stagnant in this relationship. To go because He has empowered us as His ambassadors to go out. And let's keep our hearts and minds focused on the unreached. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time together for your word for Paul's life who went through things that I cannot imagine but he pressed on because he stayed focused on where the needs were greatest. God, give us all a heart for you and in falling in love with you, may we even more understand our role in living as Elizabeth Elliot did with reckless abandon. And it's not because of us or it's not something we do out of our strength. May we even learn to boast about our weaknesses because it should point people to you, not to us. Thank you for the opportunity and for empowering us with your spirit to do all that we need to do. In Jesus' precious name, amen.